0: Welcome to the Nursing and Midwifery Emporium podcast, a podcast about this nursing life. I'm Nicole
1: Nash-Arnold from Nurse Manager HQ. And I'm Sue Walker from the Nursing CPD Institute. And together each week, we seek out interesting people to discover what a red-hot nursing life looks like.
0: So today I and thought we'd do things a little bit different and welcome to this nursing life microphone, my most favourite co-host, Sue Walker. Now uh, given that this is our first couple of episodes, I thought it was high time that we introduce ourselves. So Sue is the co-founder of both the Nurses for Nurses Network as well as the Nursing CPD Institute. The Nursing CPD Institute is an online education platform to help nurses meet their ARPA registration CPD requirements, hosting hundreds of hours of content from webinars to readings to quizzes. But Sue takes that one step further with the Nurses for Nurses Network, where she introduces the wonders of travel CPD. So welcome to the microphone, Sue.
1: Lovely to be here, Nicole.
0: So, tell me a little bit more about how you came to live in the world of nursing education in this way.
1: Well, look, back in the bad old days of 2005, a colleague and I thought we would create a nursing consultancy. So, we work primarily in rural and remote um, aged care facilities, assisting with everything from, you know, payroll and accounts to quality systems and education. And no matter where we went, the nursing staff continued to to talk about how difficult it was to get access to education that was easy and cost effective and blah, 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 blah. blah. And we said, you know, over a drink one night, well, someone should do something about that. And then we thought, well, we could do something about that. And uh, in 2011, uh, the Nurses for Nurses Network was born. It's grown on to become one of the Biggest online CPD providers. It's now called the Nursing CPD Institute mm-hmm. and the Nurses for Nurses Network is now the travel CPD website.
0: So, this travel CPD thing, so learning and a margarita, it sounds absolute gold. Tell
1: me more about that. It does sound quite good, doesn't it? it really now, does. yeah, it really, really does. <laughs> so, there is No reason that you can't attend a conference in any venue that takes your fancy, as long as the conference content is, you know, relevant to your work. So our American colleagues have been doing this for quite some time and um, conferences held on cruise ships is quite big in America and Northern Europe. Uh, in Australia, we've been a little slower to uh, to take on board the concept, but now we've got a hold of it. I don't think we'll ever let it go. It is gold. It's absolutely amazing. I mean, for you,
0: you've been to a country or two, I imagine. Uh, what is your passport number up to?
1: Yes, I've, all my pages are nearly full, which is, which is a wonderful thing to have to say. And that I have really is. a great, great job. But one thing I want to say is that people think, oh, you know, everyone just walks around with margaritas and has a chat. The conference concept is the same um, exacting standards as a conference that you would attend in Australia. Uh, Most cruise ships have fabulous conference um, facilities, uh, great audio visual, nice seats, the whole kit and caboodle. We hold the conference on sea days So there's six hours of conference content provided by experts in their relevant fields. Then you get the opportunity to hang out, if you choose, with a great big group of nurses with so much entertainment and fabulous locations on a ship to choose from your sport for choice. It is an exceptional concept.
0: Well, the reason that I love it so much is because the concept of the sea day, while on paper sounds really appealing, I just am not a big massage person. I'm actually not a very good idle person. I can't sit still. And I really think I'm going to have a day by the pool and read. And after about an hour, I'm like, all right, what am I going to do now? So the idea of that exacting standard and the conference at the same level as where you would go to a conference centre or any other facility um, seems like an amazing use of C days um, plus the bonus of the networking.
1: Yes, and two things I need to say at this point. This wasn't my original idea. There is a company called Education at Sea, which was created by nurses and still is um, managed by nurses, Jason Dawson, and they came up with the concept and Jason and I got together figuratively as colleagues about six years ago, uh, six or seven years ago I think now, and um, we've grown both our uh, websites to be able to work together to to provide this to nurses and midwives. So it's um, it was through Jason yeah. that we originally explored the concept and now we work together to provide that concept to nurses. Other thing I was going to say when you were talking about networking, the fabulous thing I've always loved about nursing, no matter where I go in the world, If I find another nurse, like we've got this underlying internalised set of mores, cultural mores that you just know each other within five minutes, you know, like I I didn't know you from a bar of soap five minutes ago, but now you and I are best friends, hanging out, doing our thing. And the good thing is when you come on a nursing conference held on a cruise ship, like if you come on your own, you're only on your own until you have your first meet and greet with the group. Yeah, exactly. And then you find your people and once you've found your people, they are your people for the rest of the conference cruise as well as you've made new friends that you're carrying on through life now.
0: I know, and it's an amazing thing, the um, sharing, because there is a fundamental curiosity, I think, about nurses in that uh, because the the specialties and subspecialties are so vast. Yeah. Like, you know, I've spent my professional life basically in EDs in operating theatres. So when someone comes along and they've worked in the community their um, whole life, I'm like, oh, how does that work? And I've got these million questions because it's so vastly different from what I have done, and I'm constantly curious about what, nursing care delivery looks like for those contexts. And it never ceases to be interesting.
1: No, and I love that too. And that's one of the things we try and do when we do hold these conferences in interesting and fabulous locations. We always make an attempt to see if we can get to tour the local hospital. Mm. So in Papua, where I'm off to next week, uh, we visit our colleagues in Alatau and Rabao. And it is just such an eye-opener to see how the rest of the world delivers the services that we hold to be true in the way we deliver them. Mm. And to be able to get that experience from your, your colleagues in you know hugely different locations is just amazing.
0: Well, that's the interesting thing about your full passport is that what comes with that full passport for you is that I bet you have seen many and varied facilities that operate as healthcare in this globe of ours. What were some of the shocks
1: for you? Good, bad or ugly? Look, and it is interesting because no matter where you work, you you know, you people are proud of their workplace and people are proud of the work they do. Mm. But we don't know what we don't know. So we'll go into um, countries that have nothing. I was talking to you before, Nick, Uh, in regards to one of the hospitals that we visit in Papua New Guinea. The intensive care unit doesn't have a functioning ventilator. People are bagged until the family or the staff run out of steam. Um, And it's easy to say, well, why don't we just buy ventilator? But the issue is you have to have a biomedical technician who can calibrate it and work on it and fix it. And you have to have all the byproducts required. Yeah, uh, exactly. To, to work it. And so when we go into these places, the first thing I say to people is, you know, do not judge. We we, we have to put our judging hat off and just accept that they are doing exceptional things in quite difficult circumstances. Mm. The other thing that blew me out of the water was we did a medical tourism. As you know, medical tourism is on the rise, especially for cosmetic procedures.
0: And uh, we
1: went and investigated that in Bangkok. And I was, I don't know what I was expecting, but what I saw was world-class facilities better than anything I have seen in our own country. Like we went to a floor, where I live in regional Australia, we don't have a PET scanner. We're lucky to have a CAT scanner. There's no PET scanner here. Like, you know, you're driving five or six hours. Jeez. Over there they have four or five on a floor. Oh, you're like, kidding. No, it is the most amazing amazing well-resourced service structure.
0: It's Incredible. not
1: it's not public health. It is no. uh, it is pay uh, pay for service model. But the most insane model and the the director of nursing was saying that, you know, most high people who can afford to have it done uh, do an annual checkup, you know, and they come in and they have their blood, you know, fasting bloods done. Then they progress through this chicane where you have your bloods done and then they'll give you breakfast and then you'll go have another test and you might go see the dietician depending on what's happening for you and then you'll have another couple of tests and if the ECG they've just done shows something abnormal you might see the cardiologist or you might be referred to the endocrinologist whatever it is you're in there for a day and this all happens for you and you're seeing all these specialists and they feed you and they care for you and they give you pamper packs and then you, you go, and I said, how do you get your, how do you get your doctors to do that? Yeah. And she said, well, unlike you, we don't let them run the system. We run the system. They, We employ them. Oh. And I've gone, a... there you go. Isn't that a clever thing? Not that I'm against, please. God, don't send. Hello me. to all the doctors yeah, out there. Hello. Listening. Hello. Please send your, you know, send your remarks to me. I wasn't I wasn't commenting on the fact that I don't believe, you know, in in the specialist model that we have. I was just saying that what I saw over there in comparison to how our system runs
0: was exactly something
1: different. exceptionally Um, you know phenomenally smooth and easy for the patient and uh, the rationale they provided was that yes they run their health system and everyone who works within that system is employed
0: isn't it amazing though it's almost like you um, I mean it's a very good example um, of person-centered care in that what matters to me is that I rock up and that I'm well looked after, but I want a CT scan because I'm a bit worried about the I keep getting these headaches. And, you know, every now and then I've got a bit of palpitations and I just get to have a menu of things that I want to get investigated and then I pay whatever that is, but that's my choice. Um, and so there are, you know, there's, there's some appeal
1: to that. There is some appeal, but like any non-public system, it's, you know, what you what you can afford to pay for Certainly it's, it's not exceptionally high, but I would say to you we then went and had a look at a community-based aid service and that was very confronting because it was, you know, done on the smell of an oily rag and mm. it would depend on the day as to whether they could afford the medication. Yeah. Another really interesting thing that I did see, and it funds their family planning clinics, it's a restaurant called Cabbages and Condoms. And you don't, yeah, you don't, you eat the cabbage, not the condom. Excellent. Yeah, everything, everything in there is um, sex related. So the statues were actually made out of condoms. The food was delicious. You can buy some very interesting mugs and, you know, uh, little take home for your colleagues at work. So that was really interesting. The world's a fabulous place.
0: I know and that's the thing is that like what you say is I don't know what I was expecting when you went to this place in in Bangkok but nevertheless there was some level of expectation but that was not what you met and that was then why it's so important to keep the judgment at the door is because you know their worlds are just so different and that's what makes it really fascinating to see the good, the bad and the ugly and how incredibly different it is and how healthcare is so vastly diverse across this globe and sometimes it's better and sometimes it's worse and sometimes even the terrible ones have got some amazing things that we don't have and, like, it's just so
1: eye-opening to see that. That's it. And you learn from every experience and that's the um, fabulous thing about CPD travel, the fact that Mm. because you get to meet your colleagues and get an understanding of how they manage, there's always a take-home message in it, you know, whether that take-home message is, you know, thank God I work where I do, or, you know, hey, if anyone from the government's listening, if, you know, Thailand can have five PET scanners on one floor, do you think regional Queensland could have one? (laughs) Um, So, yeah, it's it's an amazing, amazing world out there and, and one that we are very fortunate to be able to get the chance to see. And that's the great thing about
0: the CPD travel in terms of the topics is that, you know, there's so much to learn, even if it's not your core business. You know, it doesn't matter what subspecialty in nursing you come from, seeing that hospital and how they deliver health care and how they prioritise patient care is valuable. Whether you're a midwife or a community nurse or in the aged care sector or ICU nurse, it's interesting and it's insightful and it's relevant.
1: That's it. And that's the other thing about CPD. That's what I would say to people is if you work in a cardiac catheter lab, I understand it would be good to know about, you know, cardiac catheter insertion and everything that goes around that. But your CPD needs are also broader than that. Like as nurses, our clients believe we are mini encyclopedias. So if I'm working in a cardiac capital lab or I'm working in a pre-admission clinic or recovery or in aged care or whatever, someone's going to ask me stuff to do with diabetes or they're going to ask me stuff to do with communicable disease. They might ask me contraception. They might ask me a plethora of things Mm. that I need to have some form of generous knowledge of to be able to refer them to the appropriate spot.
0: And it's a good point, Sue, because many a time, obviously, my knowledge is highly specialised. There's not a lot of transferable skills, really, outside of the operating theatre. And after 15 years of the inside the operating theatre, sometimes I would be deployed um, out beyond the flappy doors, Mm. uh, absolutely terrified. Um, And, you know, patients or nurses would ask me things. Like my drug knowledge, and while I was in the operating theatre, basically constituted anaesthetic drugs, morphine, and local anaesthetics. And then people are asking me about drugs, and or you know, they'd be you know, I'm an anatomy girl in operating theatres. I know the first thing about physiology, and so they're like, oh, you know, patient in bed four's got a troponin leak, and I'm like, yeah, troponin. <laughs> Good <laughs> How luck about with that, that? troponin hey? <laughs> made me feel really vulnerable and I don't expect to be an expert on everything, but I like the idea of knowing more than less, even if on my core business was scrubbing for total joints.
1: Mm. And again, the thing to remember is your CPD requirements are based on your self-assessment. Yes. And I don't know about you, Nick, but I'm never wrong. So, if I've done a self-assessment and I believe I require these skills because of mm. the generous population that I come in contact with in my role, or if I'm an educator, what you know people might ask me about, then it, it, it's, it's valid and it's valid to see how other people deliver healthcare because that gets you questioning how we deliver ours.
0: And that's the wonderful thing about doing it outside of your workplace is for a couple of reasons. Like I know from my own experience, it's hard to get your hands on quality education. Uh, It's hard to get your hands on time that is protected to be able to do it when you're in the workplace. And you also don't know what you don't know. So there are some real roadblocks for nurses, I think, and the wonderful thing about both the Nursing CPD Institute in that you can, you know, online without relying on the organisation to do it, Um, but the travel CPD, it's just a time when you're not listening to the buzzers going off and, the you know, the guilt of everyone else working while you're doing some kind of in-service. You know, it's such a valuable way of delivering
1: education. And as professionals, like... We, it it's up to us to ensure that we've got the knowledge and skill to provide the service. Mm. So it's handy to be able to sit down and just put a you know, pair of earphones on and listen to uh, the latest neurological complication with whatever or, yeah. you know, the, the latest concept in workplace wellness because you don't know what you don't know. And some no. people will say to you, oh, you know, I worked for New South Wales Health. We've got everything we need on there. You've got everything New South Wales Health want you to know, mm. but there might be more mm. in the known exactly. universe other than what New South Wales Health or Queensland Health, South Australia Health, or whatever want you to be aware of.
0: And so particularly it's... if you're working for a smaller facility, they don't—they're not resourced to have no. educators offline to be able to build the full spectrum and the full suite of things that you—that your core business needs you to know, let alone the other things that you, as a professional, want to know. Yep.
1: That's right. It's about being curious. And if we retain that curiosity, then we get to learn interesting and new things that might actually be useful
0: one day. There are loads of myths around nursing CPD and a bit of anxiety about what counts and what doesn't. Can you walk us through a couple of ways that nurses can meet their CPD
1: requirements and keep track of it all? Now, CPD is not complex. So the first thing, and if you go to the Nursing and Midwifery Board website, there's some great fact sheets there. So the Nursing and Midwifery Board should be your guru for all things CPD. But my understanding of the information available on their website is that you need to undertake self-assessment, look at the area in which you work, look at the skills that you believe you need to be able to function well, in that environment but more specifically well as someone registered with the Nursing and Midwifery Board of Australia and that's what I'm saying, don't limit yourself because the general public really do believe a nurse is the nurse and we have an encyclopedic knowledge base. So that's the first thing, self-assessment. The next thing is there is a plethora of things that count for CPD. You don't have to pay for it if you don't want to. So you can read a journal article, you can participate in preceptoring students, you can become part of the committee process that is, you know, part of your organisation, you know, your quality committee. Some of the standard stuff um, can also, you know, your fire safety, your CPR, that sort of stuff can count towards CPD. Yeah. It's like bell curve distribution. There's a lot of stuff that we need to know. Some of us are more curious than others and will want to explore deeper and further. And that's where you might then look at online providers and and those sorts of things. But the majority of your CPD, you can get through um, journal articles, attending your own in-service, preceptoring and being part of your quality process. If you're curious and want to gain more and more knowledge, then it's good to be able to look at the providers that are out there, specifically the Nursing CPD Institute. (laughs) And if you're really, really curious and want to see how healthcare is delivered all over the world, then come and have a look at the Nurses for Nurses Network. One thing I would say that you need to remember is you need evidence. And you need to keep five years of evidence. So if you're audited, they will ask you for records for five years. If you undertake self-directed CPD, then you need to reflect on how the information you read about or listened to a webinar on or whatever, how that affected your work, whether it just confirmed the knowledge you already had or whether it updated the knowledge you had in regards to a particular thing. You do not need to write a thesis. You know, a couple of sentences is fine, but you do need to undertake that reflection. Yeah, and so then you need to keep them in an evidence portfolio.
0: Yeah, so if I read a journal article, it's about setting some time aside to go, this is how it's relevant, this is how I, you know, like we used to do at uni, you know, those reflections That's
1: it. That's around what exactly it That's exactly what me. it is.
0: And Stick that in your diary and
1: yeah, carry and, on. And source it, so, you know, because they'll want to know what was the name of the article, who were the authors, you know, where did you find it? So the same as you referenced when you went to mm. uni. You need to reference the article. You need to keep a copy of the minutes of the meeting that, for the quality meeting you went to, oh, yeah. shows your name on it. But you need that evidence. If you are an NCPDI member, there's an evidence portfolio on there, and you get a certificate for every session you do, and they're available to you. There are a number of providers who have evidence portfolios that you can use. Yeah. But it's it's you can go on a blog. Go on. A, there's some great nursing blogs out there.
0: There are and it's the same
1: nursing thing. Blogs. Go to the nursing blog. We've got what's called the Nursing News Blog. And you can actually go there and download a template for free. And you can use that as your evidence. And on each blog post, we identify, you know, this accounts to about 15 minutes of CPD or half an hour, depending on what the content is and how much you have to explore. Mm, so there's a lot, stuff there, a lot yeah, of stuff there really out there. Yeah, there really is.
0: So, Sue, based on everything that you know about nursing CPD, what is it that you wish all nurses knew so that they can live their best nursing life?
1: What I would love them to know is that CPD is not onerous. It's not something we have to do. It's something we do because as healthcare professionals, we are bound to keep up to date with the latest science and knowledge in healthcare so that we can deliver best practice care for those people who come into contact with us. So it's not about having to do CPD, it's about being a professional, remaining curious and making sure that your knowledge reflects best practice knowledge as it currently stands in the industry. Because that's the thing, isn't it? We're lifelong learners. Yeah, we should be lifelong learners, whether that's how to make them butcher or whether that's mm. what the latest information is on the use of hand sanitizers. But yeah, um, exactly. yeah, we need to be keep curious because that's what keeps you alive. That's what keeps you relevant. And certainly that's what keeps you professionally relevant.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So thanks for being our guest and co-host here
0: at the Nursing and Midwifery Emporium podcast today and sharing everything that you know about where our CPD can take us.
1: Nicole, it's been an absolute pleasure.
0: See you for Sail Away drinks, sister.
1: (laughs) I look forward to it. (laughs) Bye-bye. Bye.
0: Thanks for joining us this week on the Nursing and Midwifery Emporium make sure you visit us at the website www.nmemporium.com to subscribe to the podcast.
1: And if you'd like to put someone forward for us to interview, go to the same website and just click on the button. See you guys. Take care. Bye.